This is Dyla Dev, a podcast where I interview developers from all different backgrounds about how they got to where they are, and I'll ask them to share some words of wisdom and maybe even some fun stories. I'm Linda, and on this episode, we're talking to a former University of Florida student athlete who entered college intending to major in electrical engineering, but left with a CS degree. I had such a fun time listening to how Hugh Miles taught himself the skills to build out various side projects on top of his college coursework. And he has such a unique experience with working for a larger company through its IPO and then moving to a startup. And he just has so many interesting thoughts to share. So I invite you to listen in and gain a new frame of mind from just hearing about them. So it's my pleasure to introduce to you, Hugh. Hi, my name is Hugh Miles. I'm a software engineer working at Preset.io, which is creating a SaaS layer on top of an open source project called Superset, which is a data visualization platform. Before that, I was working at Lyft, working at Super, working on Superset specifically, but trying to basically host this data visualization platform for the entire org to use to help build insight and craft data sets. And before that, I was working towards my undergrad degree at the University of Florida in computer engineering. Awesome. It's great to have you. Let's dive right in. How did you decide to major in CS? Growing up, my dad was an engineer, but he was specifically mechanical. So I kind of got inspired by him to become an engineer because I just knew like how passionate he was and how much he worked, how much he enjoyed his job. So I went into college, undecided engineering at UF. They make you take different classes and different principles, right? So I ended up first when I got there, it was doing electrical. I was super interested in like circuits and electrical stuff, right? And then one of the course requirements for electrical engineering is to take one programming class in C. And I'm realizing like how, like I was like doing really well in the class. Like I'm literally excelling and like finishing all the problems sits within like two or three days so I was like okay there's something interesting and then you have all your homies asking you for help because they're struggling and then I'm helping them and I'm enjoying helping them so that's kind of where it started where I was like okay I'm kind of good at this right then I talked to like my advisors was able to take another class and then one class I to the next to the next where I basically was taking a whole course load for computer engineering so then at that point in time it just made sense for me to cut over and when you decided to study CS in school, did you just get into coding through the coursework or were there any other side projects that you worked on as well? So growing up, I've like always loved sneakers, huge sneakerhead, been trading, buying Jordans, uh, more recently now with Yeezys and the craze that Kanye has brought like in my entire life. So I'm like super into sneakers. And one of the problems I was always encountering was basically meeting with people and connecting with people. So like beforehand, when I was like in high school and college, there was like Nike forum and different Facebook groups that I would go into, put a posting, and then I would go show up and meet up with them at the mall. And then my mom would be like super scared about that. Hopefully she doesn't hear this. I actually sometimes snuck out and actually still did it. That's how it originally started. So I was like, man, I know this is not safe. And I know other people are probably having the same problem. So I started working on an app called Kickswap. So that was my first like real app I tried to develop, but it's basically a, a social network. A lot of people would easily buy, sell, and trade sneakers. Wasn't that good of an engineer, but the fact that I even set out to do it, figured it out. I learned a lot. So like I first learned how to like build an Objective C, and I and then eventually like Swift came out, and I started rebuilding it in Swift as well. Um, just a kind of a portfolio project. It ended up being our inspiration. And I just wanted to get out. I don't know anything about sneakers, but that sounds really useful. Did you do any hackathon projects as well? So my first hackathon was at Hack FSU, and I met a majority of my friend groups from that. And we ended up building this like 
Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Florida, but like Gainesville in Tallahassee is like super far from like Miami, where I'm currently li- living, right? So to get to and fro, you usually are booking a ride on a bus or you're carpooling with uh, like another student. But there was no easy way of like figuring out who to carpool with. Same issue that I mentioned before is like you'd go on Facebook, um, you're like writing comments hoping for a reply, right? So we ended up building an app called Puddle that basically allowed people to basically sign up and um, meet each other, people that are driving down certain days, right? just to facilitate and make it a little bit easier. So I think between those like two big things, that's why I really started to gauge like a real strong interest in software development because like solving my own problem, which is like cake swap, then also then solving a problem for other people in college. But I thought it was like pretty dope to like build something with a group of people and ship it and then people actually use it, right? So that was really cool. Yeah, building and shipping actual things from scratch, things that, you know, make an impact is completely, it's a completely different experience from doing coding assignments in your class. How did you find the hackathons that you attended? So there's like this call called associate ACM was like association something computer and machinery or something like that. I'm, I don't remember the exact name, but I know one of my friends basically was always going to these meetings. And then they mentioned that they were going to go to a hackathon. I was like, what is a hackathon? I was like, oh, we just show up and we just like build something for in a weekend, free food. And then honestly, what got me was the free food. So I was like kind of really busy with engineering work. But like I'm a broke college student and anytime I can like travel and get fully expensed, like we didn't have to pay for anything. And there's free food and like my friends are going, like why not? Like I'll give it one weekend for that. And then I was really probably thinking about like do school. Like I said, worst case, you go there and you go do schoolwork, right? Worst case, right? If you don't have nothing to build, but ended up meeting people and wanting to build something. So that was like super dope. You were motivated by food, but left with so much more. That's so funny. Such such a typical college student mentality. Um, now, with these hackathon projects and apps you were building, where did you learn the necessary skills? I feel like it couldn't have been all solely from your coursework. I kind of had an idea of like how, what I wanted the app to look like or what I wanted to do, right? So like at the most basic level, I needed to make an API call. I needed to grab data somewhere and then put it into a list. I was like using, I don't know if people are familiar with like Parse. They ended up getting acquired by uh, Facebook, but it basically allowed you to basically spin up an API and then like, like it's like Firebase, but it was like its own like service that you can go in and basically create your own database. And then they would give you like a, a SDK. So like I found some tutorials on that. And then from there, I was like, okay, I have data flowing in and out of my app. Now I need to create like a list view or I need to be able to like present it in a view. You know, like on Instagram, when you do like a table view, like that. So then I would go find tutorials around that. But yeah, I think it's, it's just breaking up into parts and then finding like what resources apply to that. And then I was like, okay, I need to do a table view. So I started Googling, oh, how do you present data into a table view, right? First, having the global overall vision of like what the app needs to look like. And then like start breaking it down. Like, okay, I need an API. I need a back. Oh, I need a table view. How does getting data from a network call get pushed into a table view properly? And just like continuously Googling those things. I think the best thing is to always have like a side project that you're working alongside versus like you're going to read a whole bunch of literature and then pray that it like applies after, you know, which I think is like kind of like a shot in the dark. Right, right. I I think I've approached it the same way as you. It's hard for me to just repeat things and go the whole rote memory route. Your way is just way more hands on. And that's that's the best way I learned too. Yeah, I think the, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think some people might be able to get away with that. But for me, the best way of learning is to doing. So like through experience, like you always want to, like for me, I always try to learn through experience. So I'm going to do something. You want to put yourself, like basically throw yourself into the deep end and go figure it out. Right. And usually I always end up being able to come out of it or swim or at least ask for a life raft. So. I love the asking for a life, life raft analogy. I've 
probably said this a lot in my previous interviews and to my mentees, but I think a lot of people shy away from asking questions and that can quickly grow demoralizing and just become a really frustrating experience when you're learning something, um, which like, were you ever feeling demoralized and thought I picked the wrong major? I shouldn't have switched from electrical engineering to CS. Honestly, no. Like, as soon as I hit that that C class, like we were doing some like basic problems, and I was like really good at it, and I enjoyed every moment of like coding and working on that stuff. I was like, yo, there's something here, and I kept diving deeper and deeper. So honestly, I, I never really had like a thought of like it, I would not figure it out or I would like not like it. Funny enough, like the you asking me this question, now I'm thinking like I never felt that way at all. Yeah, I just, I just know. I I think one of the bigger things, like how did I, like if you're asking how did I decide, is like kind of this innate feeling I just had, or like gravitational pull towards that type of work. And I, I think it was just kind. Of, I don't know. It's like cheese or a cliche. Is like I just felt. I just it felt good. It felt right. You know what I'm saying. So at that point in time, no matter what, even the things I do today, like I would probably do for free. I hopefully like my job doesn't hear get word of this, but. Like, I enjoy every moment of building and coding as much as like I want to do as much as possible. Yeah, that's the dream, right? To find some job that you what's what's the saying? Find find a job you love and you'll never have to work. So it sounds like you you've really found that and it was great. But how did your dad feel about it? Did he want you to follow in his footsteps as a mechanical engineer or was he pretty much supportive? I think my dad's honestly just happy that I'm uh, kind of following this one as an engineer and I went to college and I figured out my own thing. So I'm first generation over from Jamaica. Both my parents were born in Jamaica, Kingston. Um, they came over, I don't know the years, but they came over and then they had me. Um, and then, yeah. So I, I think as like a parent, like he's always been supportive and always been like, yeah, to figure out what's good for. I think he just, he's happy that, I'm in the kind of the same realm or engineer and not saying like if I like went into something else, he wouldn't support me, but he's like very happy because all the things he used to do for me as a kid, because like as a kid, he would help me build computers and stuff. I would help him build computers. Right. So it's kind of cool to see all those little like nuggets he would drop when we were kids. And I was like panning out because I'm actually like full on doing software development from building computers when I was like six or seven or eight with him, you know? Oh, yeah. It's great to have parents who are supportive of your passions. And we were we were talking earlier on, and I know you're building computers with your dad with the intention of playing games like Microsoft Flight Simulator on them. Did you play any internet games? I used to play RuneScape. Have you played RuneScape before? Yeah, I used to love RuneScape. It was the craziest thing. I wasn't good though. I didn't have a lot of stuff, but like I didn't play it long enough to get really good. But I used to be on it with my friends a lot. Um, most of my cousins. My cousins kind of brought me down that rabbit hole. Yeah, it came out when I was probably around thirteen, and I thought MMOs were just the craziest thing back then. But I'm curious though. It sounds like you were really into gaming. Did you ever consider going into game development? No, it's crazy. Like I was thinking about this more recently due to like this NFT craze. Like I, I've, like, I've st- I stepped away from gaming as a kid. I used to play a lot of games, and then I got went to college, stopped playing games. But now I'm thinking like, yo, I think especially with all this NFT craze, all these things going on with crypto, I think it'd be interesting to actually like try to build a game and then leverage like NFTs to get certain power ups and stuff like that. Because I think that's like the realm we're getting into. Have you read Ready Player One? I didn't read the book, but I did watch the movie. I mean. I'll be honest. I thought I thought it was kind of cheesy. The book was so they left out so much stuff. It's so bad. It's 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 not bad. The movie was good. 
it was good, but it was not as good as reading the book. But um, yeah, I feel like we are getting we're in the infant stages of potentially like an oasis or like a meta like and you hear like the news with Facebook with the metaverse and stuff like that. Like um it's it's a very interesting time. But yeah, I think yeah, I'm definitely considering it now more than ever due to the fact that like it'd be cool to actually create one. I think it'd be cool because now I actually know how to do it, right? And I actually had a code and stuff. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, the metaverse stuff, there's a lot of opportunity there. And but but it's really different from what you're doing now. So I think this is a good segue. Can you talk about what you're doing now and how you got this current job? So when I was at Lyft and I was working on this team called Decision, uh, is Market Health. And basically what we do is basically provide dashboards or data to all our GMs and OMs to better understand what's going on in their given market. So let's say you're the operating manager or a GM of SFO. You want to understand coupon, like how much rides I'm getting, how many bookings am I getting, how many driver hours, how many, all these core metrics that our science teams provide. And every quarter you have like a, KPI that you need to hit. So, like, let's say I need it, like, hypothetically, we need to hit a thousand rides by the end of the quarter, right? So, to do that, um, our team basically facilitated a platform that allowed you to see the numbers and then take action on it. So, like, if you wanted more rides, you would pull a lever and basically drop coupons, and then that should uplift your rides, right? And then, same thing with drivers. So, in that team, basically, a project came across the board, uh, basically creating a, a native dashboarding solution for the entire company. So, while I was in SF, I had a few friends working at Airbnb. At that time, they were working. They were working on this open source project called Superset, which is like basically like the open source version of a Tableau Looker mode that allows people to easily come and connect databases, write queries, create charts, and then dashboards. So like, yo, it'd be kind of cool if we bring in that software or the open source project. So contributing to it as a company via via Lyft, and then also we get changes from other companies such as like Airbnb, Dropbox, and there's like a few other companies that are working. I think Twitter was working on it for a little bit too as well. And then we don't have to build something natively, but we get the ownership basically manage like shipping it internally. And then we can just bring in all the changes from Airbnb and stuff, right? So it was like very, very like dope opportunity. And also it looks good from a branding standpoint because like we're contributing open source and we're working on open source tools as well. I basically wrote a proposal at Lyft um, to get this product in-house. And I got a like a basically an email from the director saying, the dude that created Superset was at Airbnb. He's about to join us at Lyft. And then from there, I was working with Max on Superset for my, basically the rest of the time I was there at Lyft. He left Lyft and then started a company on top of Superset and called it Preset, right? So Preset now is basically allowing people to easily spin Superset instances or workspaces, we call them, and then connect your database and start crafting charts, dashboards, et cetera, right? So like the same problem we were solving at Lyft, he basically took it outside of Lyft and tried to solve it for all like any company that needs access to a visualization platform. So that's basically how I got the job. And then obviously he asked me to come join because I was working really hard on the project. And then through the interview process, it was more kind of feeling out the team, talking about my interests and stuff like that. Um, less coding because due to the fact that I have like tons of features in this project and I've been working on it for like two years plus. It was more just like, we know what you can bring to the table. Do you want to join us? It's like fill out the team and talk through like, what do you want to like contribute to the project and stuff like that? What do you want to work on specifically? Mm, yeah, that's a really unique opportunity and it sounds kind of like a fun experience. So what's it been like working on open source projects? I personally haven't contributed to any 
I think most, yeah, I think Superset is like the only Apache project, but then some a few other projects that I've been contributing to. Um, Shillelagh is like one of the newer ones I'm working on, which is allowing you to write SQL to grab data from any endpoint or from APIs. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm like semi-active in the community, but most of the time, most of my work goes to Apache Superset, I would say. The mo- overall, the experience has been great. I think being able to meet new people, have a community around like this piece of software that like, now, obviously, the realm of like data, oh, well, the realm of technology, like everyone needs data, everyone wants data. So we have like a, a client facing or like a product that like a lot of people can relate to when it comes to analyzing, creating data, data sets, creating charts, et cetera, right? Or dashboards, whatever. So it's been really, really exciting. And I think it's cool to be able to like write code that not only influences like your company, but it's influencing like kind of the world, if you want to think about it in a way. Because like you don't know how many people are actually using your product, right? It's not limited. It's not proprietary software. It's not okay. It's only at Lyft that these are the people that you're touching and working on. No, your co- your, your code changes can be affecting people all across the world, and then for potentially forever, depending on how long the project lasts. Right. So I hope we have like obviously I'm hoping it lasts forever, and people continue to contribute and continue to like leverage open source and like make this the one and only. I don't want to say one only, one of the better data visualization platforms that are open source. Right. So. Yeah, it's been cool. And then meeting new people, getting mentored somebody by people through PRs. And um, I think that, that's always been like super dope too as well. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And so you've experienced the startup life and then for bigger company as well. Well, I guess it was also a startup that IPO'd and became, you know, not so startup-y too. So what was that transition like? It becomes more corporate, right? Because now it's like real, like, we need to make money now. But now it's like, okay, how do we cut costs, right? Which is a real thing. As when you get to that stage of a company, when they want to exit, like you have, that's something to consider. Do you want to be more in this like cutting costs, saving money, which is still impactful, but it's not necessarily like what I would want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I'd rather be like helping users at the end of the day, get make making people's lives a little bit easier versus like, oh, we're going to cut the cost off this AWS uh, machine, you know? Which is still helping the business, but it's not like it's not a person, you know. And I, I think that's where I had like that kind of like disconnect. Mm, right, the priorities are completely different. So, since you've had all these different experiences, what's some advice that you would give to aspiring software developers out there? I would highly suggest or highly advise anyone trying to get into a space is like really think about why you're doing what you're doing, right? Like, why do you want to learn how to code? And is it for something you're passionate about and the problem you're trying to solve that you're going to be super aligned with or engaged with? Because like, I think that will always keep like the oil burning for you when it comes to like learning. The only reason I was able to do like the late nights, working hard, you want to get blocked, you don't want to do like, like those things don't. You have to like, yeah, it has to be like something greater you're thinking about to get through those issues, right? So I think like definitely having a side project, working on something that you're passionate about definitely helps push your drive on learning. Like I even look at software engineering or coding as a tool. It's not necessarily like the end all be all, right? You code to be able to do certain things or create applications, solve problems is how I look at it. So yeah, I definitely feel like having that root and being able to like use that as like motivation to continue to learn, continue to grow. Definitely got me over a hump that I think a lot of people probably hit when they're like first learning like and any new skill, right? Like this is like bell curve that happens where you're like, man, I'm trying to get up this hill. And then eventually once you get over it, you're like, it's not that bad. It's not as hard. That's great advice. So what were some challenges you faced where this mentality really helped you excel 
And actually, I know you were a student athlete in college too. So were there any challenges balancing that with your coursework? When I first came into college, I basically walked into UF for the first two years. But then there, there was like this critical mass point of like, this is way too much work between engineering and we're trying to play football and then also trying to have like my own. At that point, I didn't really have a social life. I kind of had a few friends that would go hang out or whatever, but most of the time I was just hanging out with people on the team. So I ended up leaving the team because I would like just focus or double down on engineering. I don't want to say that that was like one of the hardest decisions I had to make, ever make in my life because I'm leaving something I've done for like 10 plus years, right? To go do something I just started and off a whim, like I said before, it's like, I always felt good about it, um, but leaving football was always hard, right? But I knew that taking the next step towards, like, becoming an engineer, specifically computer engineer, eventually software engineer, was, like, the right step, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess it was a new thing for you at the time. So is there anything you felt like the training you got with your CS degree was lacking? One, working on big teams, big groups of people, and working on large code bases. Like, I don't think you'll ever get that experience in school. I think there's like one to one class that I had like a software development class, but I was working with like four people. But then I think when you start getting into like lifts, like a, like a corporation, like or the Googles, you're working with like a hundred people on one feature or one code base, which gets interesting, right? Uh, and then like infra, like understanding like Docker and just like cloud infra stuff is like things like I didn't think I would have to deal with. Like, because, okay, you can set up a Node app locally on your computer, but getting it to ship on Google Cloud or Amazon is a totally another beast. And then imagine now you have it behind like security and then like teams that are like focused on creating the dev tools. You have to use their tools and like learning how to like operate within this space. That's like another thing, but that's like something you have to learn on the job because every company is different on how they think about like dev developer productivity. So learning how to like leverage their tools to get what needs to be done and ship is like important too as well. So. For sure. And there's always new tools coming out too. So it's, really important to stay on top of things sometimes. Before we end our session, I wanted to ask you real quick, what was your favorite thing about becoming a software developer? Favorite thing for sure at the end is like, overall, is just building very useful stuff for people. Like, I love the fact that like, I can go into my computer, build something and then hand it off to somebody. And then it's making their day a little bit easier, a little bit better. Yeah, well said. That really resonates with me too. But Thank you so much for sharing your story today, and it'll really help a lot of people out there. Thanks for listening to Dial-A-Dev. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please send them to dialadevpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.